Hey folks, if you've been tuning in over the last couple months, you've heard all about the GameTime app and how it can save you some serious cash on last minute tickets to sports, concerts, all types of shows. Honestly, I just love it because it gives you just like a real time look at ticket prices dropping. So you can get in at the last second, score some great seats for a super cheap price, super easy, two taps, you're in, you're out, then you're on your way to the game, the concert, whatever show you want to check out, you're covered. Well, now GameTime is hooking you up for the holidays with $10 credit. Here's what to do. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store. Click on the My Ticket section of the app. Create an account. Then under the Billing section, redeem code THEATHLETIC. That's one word, THEATHLETIC. Once again, that's THEATHLETIC for $10 off your first purchase. That's free money, people. Credit is only available to the first thousand people who redeem the code and it expires at the end of the year. That's December 31st, 2019. So make moves quick and score last minute tickets. Get on it, folks. Speaking of looking fresh, is that velvet you have? (laughs) Biggie Velvet. Bo Dackel, this guy's amazing. The Beard! That move is illegal in most every state except in Texas. Woo! The wind is crying. If you're Russell Westbrook, why not? Hello and welcome to Brody and the Beard, a podcast about the Houston Rockets on the Athletic Podcast Network, bringing you exclusive Rockets content, analysis, stories from behind the scenes with our beat reporter, Kelly Eco. I'm Mo Dakil. Today we're going to be discussing Kelly's big story from yesterday on Ben McLemore, an awesome feature, which I hope everybody went to go check out. Another crazy scoring night from James Harden. And later on, we're going to put on our uh, GM hats and talk trades. So let's get into it. Kelly, man, how you doing? Doing good. How about yourself? Doing all right. I'm I'm feeling better. Last time I was kind of like just barely getting out of the flu. Now I feel a little more almost like a human being. I was able to actually have a meal last night. The whole thing. I'm, I'm getting there, Kelly. I'm almost, almost ready to get to 100% and then sick all over again. So you've been sick for months. it it really just happens in like waves like yeah plain and simple but obviously as we both know rocket fans don't care how i feel so we're not we're we're not too concerned about that but kelly the one thing that was really awesome yesterday was able to read your piece on on ben mclemore you've been talking about it for a long time just kind of give us sort of a, a rundown and also folks this is why you got to subscribe to The Athletic. This kind of writing right here, this sort of in-depth details and little nuggets there that Kelly was able to give out are amazing. So definitely go subscribe, theathletic.com slash Brody and the Beard. Get in on all the good writing that The Athletic has. You can get 40% off just by doing that for an annual subscription. Like, come on, guys. Like, honestly, it's like a cup of coffee a month. You guys can... And some of you need to cut down the coffee. Really, some of y'all need to just sort of taper down a bit. This is a good idea. But let's just get into the story here. Kelly, talk about the story, man. Yeah, I've been working on it for, you know, a few months. And 
one of the more interesting parts of it was getting to know Ben and just seeing, you know, how he's grown as, as a player over six years. When you look at players who are coming from bad situations or, you know, toxic environments like the Kings were and the Grizzlies were during that time, it's, it's amazing to see how people are resilient. You know, people do go through a lot of stuff on and off the court, and Ben is is no different. And throughout the time that we talked, I kind of got a peek into his life, and just it was good to see the human aspect of the game uh, more so than you know. Yes, he is shooting well, and he is he is part of the the regular Rockets rotation, and the coaches rave about him all the time. But there is a personal side that I kind of enjoy more. I was interested to see, for us in the media, whenever we talk about a player fit, it's usually only limited to on-court, you know, through an on-court lens. But there is an off-court, you know, adjustment and off-court assimilation that goes into effect that we don't talk about a lot. And Houston is that kind of place where they have a lot of vets. They have guys who come from different environments, but they do all have the same goal of, you know, trying to get a championship. They've been denied two or three times. And it was interesting to see how Ben was kind of adopted into that family under, you know, James Harden and, and, and Russell Westbrook and, and Tucker and all the guys. And it was, it was interesting to see as we talked, you know, him revealing more and more of that stuff, you know, the kind of stuff he went through through last summer you know, not having an NBA team and, you know, not hearing the phone ring as much as as it's supposed to and him kind of having to prove himself using the Rockets uh, offer as a launching pad, if, if you will, to kind of showcase his talents and go into Vegas, the mini camp that they had for a couple guys trying to get back into the league and him studying film and him trying to learn his teammates before they even became his teammates. And him talking to the coaching staff and asking them, you know, what it is to set himself apart from the rest of the competition and just doing the little things here and there that gave him that edge and gave the Rockets uh, confidence to, you know, give him a two-year deal. So it was it was a good experience. Yeah, the, the, the stuff I really kind of liked is, I mean, like he really kind of bet on himself this summer. You know, he had three different options. One was a fully guaranteed deal and correct me if I'm wrong on any of this you know I'm I'm going off memory from when I read your story but you know he had a fully guaranteed deal he had a uh, from a team in the Eastern Conference but didn't seem like it was a, a a real good winning situation he had an option with the team in the Western Conference that I think that was partially guaranteed but didn't seem like there was a clear role for him and then he gets this offer from the Rockets which is not guaranteed but it's a role that he feels like there's a real opportunity for him there. Like that resonated for me, like him, you know, thinking like I can play under coach D'Antoni and this is a, a place where I could really thrive and begin to show, show off. I mean, people kind of forget coming into the league, like, yo, the dude could score in Kansas, you know, and, and, you know, he was a seventh round, excuse me, he was a seventh pick in the draft. I mean, he could have, you know, teams were trying to move up to try to get him in that draft, like there, there was a serious idea that, yo, Ben McLemore is going to be a big time scorer in the league. You know, he gets drafted in Sacramento, 
things don't always work out in those ways or whatnot. But like, it was just kind of impressive to sort of see it's, it's one of those things that we always, we always talk about with drafting guys in general. Sometimes it doesn't even matter about the players, the situation they're getting drafted into. And, you know, he found a, he connected right away with his coach, Mike Malone. They end up firing him, you know, very early in the Macklemore's second season. And now it's a whole different story. And now he's playing for four different coaches in four different years. Like it's a hard adjustment across the board. Like I felt like this story really kind of touched on a lot of those points as well. Yeah. And to your point, I think you and I talked about this earlier. It is kind of difficult when you as a player are trying to develop and come into a team's culture and the team itself is not sure what direction they're going in. And, you know, having four coaches in four seasons, you know, isn't the smartest way to go about team building or team culture enabling. So it, it makes sense to see why a player would go have up and down, you know, years. One of the biggest things about Ben is well, he came into the league, the first coach he played for, you know, Mike Malone, everyone knows he's a player's coach that the players love him, though. They'll run through a brick wall for him. And he kind of gave him that confidence, you know, even though his overall, if you look at the numbers, his rookie season wasn't that great, but the coach gave him that confidence to go through rough shooting patches, to, you know, run some offense for him, to build him up and to the sense that he didn't want to, you know, draft another guard in that position. And when Mike Malone was fired, then you bring in, the other guys, then you bring in Dave Yorger, then you, uh, I'm sorry if I, I mispronounced that. You bring in all these other coaches who might not have, you know, his best interest at heart. So when you compare that now to Mike D'Antoni, it's kind of a similar thing playing for a coach that has genuine affection and care for you and who wants him to succeed. As we've seen other players in his system, you know, kind of raise their, their talents and their, and their confidence. Yeah, it's fun to watch him like really sort of thrive a bit and kind of revitalize his career to a degree. It's crazy because he's still a young kid. He's only 26. Like he's he's got, you know, several more years of basketball in him, you know, and it's fun to kind of watch him. And, and those nights where he's has, you know, big, big nights where, you know, he drops 28 or something like that. Like it's it's good stuff and you can kind of see the excitement not just from him but you see it on the bench like the guys are into it you know there you talk to Tyson Chandler about him Anthony Tolliver who's in Portland who was with him in Sacramento all these guys are just kind of excited to to watch him and and enjoy him kind of slowly start to grow it's it's kind of it's almost heartwarming to see him kind of find the niche here and 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 kind of find a area where he belongs a little bit it's 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 a good thing. This is a really positive story for the NBA, you know, for a guy that's been running around. I mean, he goes to Memphis under, you know, because Fisdale wants him and, and, and has an ally in Fisdale. Then Fisdale gets fired. And now he's kind of in the same situation he was when Malone got fired. So it's, it's just tough. And, and that's, that's a normal thing across the board. Like coaches are going to, new coaches are going to come in and have the guys they trust and, and whatnot and roles change. So uh, not necessarily those other coaches are bad guys. It's just a matter of like, sometimes you're just not that guy's guy. And and that's what happened to him a few times. But it's nice to see him sort of bet on himself and kind of come to fruition. Like he's an important piece for the Rockets. Like we talk about it all the time. 
Yeah, and, and going back to, you know, or touching on your important piece, you know, I have talked to Houston, and while his deal was non-guaranteed, you know, there weren't ever any conversations about him getting waived or him getting cut for, you know, roster flexibility, just from the standpoint that they believed he could take up the space, you know, for Gerald Green's injury, Eric Gordon's, you know, shooting ability while he's been out. And it's been good to see just from just from a person's standpoint, just somebody coming into their own and, and taking a lot on their shoulders and being able to withstand pressure and just succeed. Yeah, and I can't recommend it enough. Go check out Kelly's story. The link, theathletic.com slash Brody and the Beard. If you're not a subscriber, 40% off. Highly recommend you guys go do that. Go read his story. Kelly's been dropping a lot of great dimes in there. He's got the ecosystem and all that fun stuff. And, you know, last podcast, we had Ali Bajani on. He dropped some great nuggets in there. Just a lot of great stuff across the board in the athletics. So highly recommend subscribing. Highly recommend going to read Kelly's piece and, and feature on Ben McLemore. Hey, Kelly, what did you do last night? <laughs> what did I do last night? I worked. Like I yeah. work every night. You know, you you know who also worked last night? Who the be- the beard? He dropped fifty five last night. Just you know, eh, just a, just another day, another day in the office for the beard. Just another fifty five point game, and this is actually kind of annoying me a little bit because it's not getting any recognition. You know what's crazy about that game? The fact that the Cavs went on a twenty four zero run in the in the third oh. and the fourth, and it kind of took Harden to. You know, get them going. It, it it had. I mean, they needed all fifty five points from Harden. Like, yeah, it, it was a that and and then some. Yeah, I mean, it was not a uh, great Rockets performance against a very bad Cleveland team. I think this was one of those cases of a team kind of playing to the level of their competition, thinking like we can just come in here and and run through this team and and you know give Cleveland credit, man. They came in, they played, they were going hard, you know, and they made it a hell of a game. Yeah, Kevin Porter had a very impressive game. I think it's it's becoming more of a thing whenever the Rockets play these, you know, bad teams where somebody off that bench is just going to explode for something. Kevin Porter did it. We saw uh, Lonnie Walker from the Spurs do it. Going back to Harden's 55, yeah, it hasn't really been getting much, I guess, press. It's weird. It's kind of disappointing in the sense of this, too, though. It's not like he got a whole bunch of them off of free throws. He only went to the line five times. Like, he had a fairly yeah. efficient night. I mean, he took a lot of shots, right? It was He went 20 for 34, 10 to 18 from threes. I know some people are going to be like, man, he took 18 threes. But to be honest, he was the only Rocket really consistently hitting from three. You know, that he hit 10 to 18. The team as a whole went 17 to 42. You take his 10 out. And, and and his attempts out, I mean, they go seven for – oh, crap. I'm trying to do math on on the fly here. That's that's never going to work out well. Save that Save that from, for Nerdish Shiro. Oh, no, stop it, man. <laughs> so, uh, that's why I have – but see, on Nerdish Shiro, that's why I have Seth Part now to do the math. He's the analytics guy. I just let him do the math. But uh, they went uh, seven to 24 if it wasn't hard and taking it and that's for just 30%. I mean, like this is the stuff we talk about with the Rockets. That's concerning, right? Like this is when it becomes an issue when you can double Harden, knowing that those other guys aren't making shots or whatnot. 
And and that's kind of the stuff that's scary because that's the thing that's kind of up and down with this team. Yeah, I, I think I do think that Eric Gordon coming back will fix a lot of those issues. Um, we have seen against Toronto when they do get doubled, Harden has to come off the ball and Ben or Tucker or House or even Rivers, you know, have to make those open shots. They're learning as as it goes along. You know, as long as Harden keeps doing what he's doing, I don't know. I just don't know why the Cavs didn't decide to double him. It was kind of weird. It's but the Cavs then talk. again, the Cavs don't really give a crap about winning games right now. It's it's, so, it's the Cavs. They're not they're they're not yeah, very so good. There, there's, <laughs> there's one thing I wanted to point out, and this this is this actually really did piss me off because it did get a little bit of coverage. I don't know if you saw it, but Jay Williams. Oh, is, it, is it that clip on ESPN? I saw that. That's, the Jay Williams would get up kind of I mean, try and insinuate yeah. that there's like a, a, yeah. a trusting, you know. And you know what was funny we, about that clip? He he spent the whole time setting up why it was going to be a problem and why Harden didn't pass the ball. Then he passed the ball. That was the other <laughs> thing. I didn't understand that. That was my point, Kelly. Like, he passed the ball. Like, what are we talking about here? He passed the he ball. Said, like, oh, what? He took a dribble. He took another dribble. Oh my god! This is good. <laughs> like this is this is the stuff. It's actually it, what's really funny is this is what Westbrook kind of foretold in in, he did. He in, did. in training camp, saying they're going to try to divide us and he things did. like that. Listen, you know when it you know when it becomes an issue, it's when he doesn't trust him and he doesn't pass the ball. Then you can make that argument. Then you can start talking about that stuff. Or if he directly looks Russ off and drives right into traffic. That's a different story, you know, but this isn't the only time he passed it to him in the Clipper game at the end of the, the game. Like, it's, this isn't an, a, uh, a, a a situation for them to kind of throw that. I thought that no. was kind of a, a cheap dig. It was, it was unnecessary. And, and, and I think, you know, a lot of times whenever I do hear Rockets fans complaining, a lot of times I, I just think they're just complaining for complaining sake. But I don't know. I kind of see... What the I mean, this like, one, that, that was this so one's fair. This one's fair. This I, one's was, fair for Rocket so fans to be for, upset. Like, why? I didn't see what they were talking about in pre-production because <laughs> I mean, no, this was this was completely fair of Rocket fans. How to be is upset. that the and, biggest and, thing of a fifty-five point game? Like, right, that's what you're taking away from that. Like, seriously, it's it's that that's the one thing there, and and we all know I'm not a friend of Rocket fans. Uh, but I'm honest about things, and I thought that was really a uh, a cheap shot there, and I didn't even think it was an accurate portrayal of what happened. So, but moving on there, they got the win. They're they're flying to Orlando now. They're they're going to be playing in Orlando soon. Hopefully, they have they've been ravaged with illnesses. Hopefully, some of these guys will be get start feeling better. You know, just I I feel their pain. I know what it's like. I've been sick as well. But yeah, that's uh. That's that. Let's move on to our next topic. But first, Kelly, I think you got something to say. Hey, Mo. What's up? Yeah, I saw on Instagram the other day that you got some new sneakers. I did, man. I got some new running shoes. Where did you get them from? Oh, man, I got them from Nike. Oh, man. You should have used StockX. Really? Yeah. If you're ever wondering how to get the hottest new sneakers, the ones that barely hit the shelves, or if Mo wants some new fresh running shoes, the answer is StockX a revolutionary new marketplace for buying and selling 100% authentic sneakers, streetwear, watches, handbags, not turtlenecks, but it's in the works. (laughs) Millions of Americans are already using StockX to find everything that they want after it sells out, from the latest Yeezys 
to every retro Jordan to the hottest new streetwear from brands like Supreme, Bape, Palace, and Kith. Are you looking for the fresh new Pumas? A new exclusive pair of Air Max 95s? The Travis Scotts? You can find it all and more on StockX. Sometimes, even for prices lower than retail. With StockX, there's no hassle. StockX handles the exchange of every transaction, so you never have to worry about legit buyers or sellers. With StockX, it's all about transparency. Now you can shop smarter than ever, using real-time market data for everything on the site. Rest easy, knowing you'll never, ever overpay for shopping on StockX. StockX has an exciting offer for the athletic listeners. Use promo code BBALL2019. That's BBALL2019 for $20 off your next purchase. $20, people. Or you can visit www.stockx.com backslash bball for more information. Yo, Kelly, we're just a couple days away from the unofficial start of trade season. This is when basically everybody who has buyer's remorse from contracts they signed can start to get moved. And it's kind of significant this year because it was like 40% of the league was a free agent last year. So a lot of guys are going to be eligible to be traded here. It's coming up around the December 15th, which means it's time, <clears throat> baby. It's time to start playing GM, man. It's time to start playing Daryl Morey. Kelly, it's trade season time. What you got, man? What are you thinking? Oh, man. I mean, it's really the same for this team every year. You know, there are the ones who are going to be the most aggressive. They're going to be the ones who are most willing to upgrade their current roster. Um, I think early on in the season, I kind of tested the waters from the team, trying to see where they were at. And this was right around the time when Eric Gordon had got injured and Joe Green. People were calling for them to go sign a shooter off the streets, but uh, they were happy with Ben. They were happy with Daniel House and they, you know, expected them to step up and the, and they did to that extent. But now, you know, as December 15th is approaching, they are looking to upgrade. We've seen some reports, you know, around the NBA, them looking at people like, you know, Robert Covington, Andre Iguodala. But the, the, the overall theme for this team that they need right now is a multifaceted wing who can defend multiple positions and can hit the outside shot. Right. They're looking to add like another wing, like those two guys you named. Uh, another guy you've mentioned before was Ja Crowder. Who? You know, there's ja, ja? Jay? See, I get confused because <laughs> now because he has Ja Morant on the team. Now I call him <laughs> Jay ja, ja Crowder. Yeah, whatever. Okay, that's just, you know, a flu, flu brain still kind of kicking around in my head. But I got, you know, another guy you kind of were interested in. You know, there's there's there are guys that are going to be out there that's available. There's one guy I'm kind of interested for them. Doesn't fully fit the bill of like a wing player. But, you know, one guy I really kind of like for the Rockets would be uh, one Davis Bertans in Washington. Oh, my God. The, the white mamba. Dude, this dude is unreal, man. He is lighting it up from three. And just, could you just imagine the open looks he would get in the system? Like, this is what you were hoping from, like, Ryan Anderson. Anderson, yeah. That would be Anderson on steroids. But, like, he's a better player than Anderson. Like, he can actually, he he actually does a pretty good job defensively. Yep. 
you know, like he plays, he competes. He's more than just like just this little, you know, shooter or whatever. Like he's got a little toughness to him. And I, I just kind of love watching it. He's got a good contract. Just it, it, it is kind of a rental. It's just seven million dollars. You know, he's a free agent after this year. So that becomes a, a question. But I don't think it's going to cost you a lot. I think it's something like just a first round pick because I don't think here's the other thing for the Rockets. I don't think they have a ton of assets that they could really move. The Eric Gordon extension is great, except, you know, they can't trade him for six months and that takes them past the trade deadline. Like that's just, you know, what happens when you sign him. So that's not a contract you could move to to get a piece in at this trade deadline. So you're in a tough situation in that sense. So I think a guy like Davis Bertans for a unprotected first, maybe a, a, a first and a second or something like that. I think that's something that's going to be interesting. I think he's getting moved to the deadline. So it's somebody I, I, I could keep, I could see more just going, you know, Daryl kind of going like, I, I think we can get him. I think he'd be perfect for the system. And, you know, to your, uh, your point about Eric, what I think is what coaches always say <clears throat> whenever an injured guy comes back, like a new signing quote unquote, but you know, they have told me that once Eric does come back, it does uh, cover a lot of the areas that they've been missing quote unquote. But another guy, you know, Jay Crowder, they they like him a lot. Um, it makes sense from a financial standpoint, his salary. I think it's what, $8 million? I think. They're big fans of his game. I think m- most of that appreciation comes from um, last season's playoff battles with the Rockets and the Utah Jazz, how Jay Crowder kind of elevated his game, you know, going up against Harden and, and Chris Paul and those guys. And I think they see that while it's, he's not as long as Ariza was, he does have that grit, that toughness. And if you can hit an outside shot, there's a, a place for you on the Rockets. That's that's just like that's just obvious. Bertans would be a phenomenal fit just because he can do a lot of things. Like he's not just a, a standstill. He can he can shoot on the move. You know he can come off dribble handoffs, pin downs. He's versatile. And I think if he's affordable, like you said, seven million, and it's an attractive piece as February comes or even December, you know the Rockets want to move. They're willing to move, you know, a couple of those picks if it brings them, you know, those players. What where it gets tricky for them is when you get to those high salary guys, the ten to fifteen million guys, because you know now you're talking about having to move another player who is part of their core rotation. So I, I don't think they're moving Eric right now and they, and they, and they, and they could even, even they wanted to, but in a perfect world, they would only send out a pick if it would net them, you know, one of those versatile players. Yeah. I, I, they're in a tough spot in that sense of like, they just don't have an asset to move in terms of that could bring in a big fish or something like that. That could, you, you can get really excited about or anything like that. So I think we're looking at guys at that range. Is there any other names that kind of pop into your mind that you're like, oh man, this could be an interesting trade trade target? Yeah. Is there somebody else? Yeah. Um, it was a couple actually. Um, the first one, uh, Rudy Gay. It was Rudy Gay off the top of my head. Rudy Gay, CJ Miles. Yeah, those two. Those two were kind of interesting to me. Just because they're gettable at that price, and they're both in situations that aren't, you know, the best right now. Who 
do bring something to a Rockets team that does need physicality. They do need some size. They do need guys that can play in a small ball lineup. Rudy Gay fits that bill. CJ Miles fits that bill. The, um, uh, the, the, I don't know if you saw the news. CJ Miles is having wrist surgery. Uh, he, he, oh, he, he might be, uh, he might be done for a while. So, uh, you can take him off your list. Yeah. But one more I want to talk about is, uh, Josh Hart. They're fans of his game too. Um, I like, I like him. He's good. He, I mean, just, yeah, he, he's, he's playing really well this season. So yeah, that's, that's kind of who's on the short list for me. Yeah, do not aggregate this. Do not aggregate this to some. We're just we're just spitballing, folks. Don't don't aggregate. Don't be that person. <laughs> we don't. We we come on. We're just throwing stuff around here. You know, it, it's just one of those things. Um, unless you, unless you subscribe and leave a five star, then you can aggregate your life away. But <laughs> do not aggregate. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you do, guys, and, and we do need you to leave reviews and everything. Five stars, be nice in the reviews, and all that good stuff. But uh, no need to aggregate. We're just throwing out stuff here. We're we're not really in the uh, Rockets' uh, uh, inner sanctum. You know, Daryl hasn't really kind of included me in those meetings yet. I'm working on it, folks. When I get that, I'll, I'll share everything I hear in there. But uh, till tell, tell, tell I get there, I don't think uh, we're there now. So, you know, it's it's interesting. Like, they're in kind of that tough spot trying to find those guys, you know, Josh Hart would be a really interesting fit for the team. The, uh, let me ask you this question and it's not a trade, but Iman Shumpert just got released in, in Brooklyn. You know, he actually did a pretty good job there. I know he was with the Rockets last year. Didn't shoot well or anything like that. Do you think there's any appetite at all to bring him back in? Well, they, they never wanted to let him go. It was just, I guess, from the price standpoint, they are a fan of his game, what he brings, his attitude, his experience, his swagger. But, you know, they kind of had some decisions to make um, over the summer. But I think now, you know, as we get to that December 15th, and he is a free agent after yeah, he is after being released by uh, Brooklyn. I don't know. If I'm Houston, I'd kick the tires. I mean, I don't, I don't think he would say no um, to a job. But... What, what do I know? But Shumper does bring kind of what they, they like, you know, versatility, a little bit of ball handling. He can shoot it a little bit. He can defend for sure. And he has, you know, he's a voice. He's not afraid to speak up, speak his mind. And they do need those kind of, you know, vocal presences on the team, the more the merrier. So, And, and I like the idea because he's been in the system a little bit. So he knows, you know, he knows the what where to be it's not like there's a uh, a very steep learning curve or yeah. anything like that i'm gonna throw another name out there this is a trade i don't know how they'd get him or anything like that but i really would like to see garrett temple in this system yeah. i think he's he's a really good guard i don't know if i don't know if brooklyn would move him you know he's on a he's on a good deal for four million this year i think team option next year for five just you know, he's shooting 35% from three this year. Just an overall smart player. Kind of a perfect glue guy type guy, too. Like, I kind of just think, like, he'd be a, a really good guy in this system. Um, I kind of reported this last season around the deadline, but they actually did have a trade in place, or the at least the framework of a deal for him and, um, what's his name? 
Jamichael Green, sorry. Obviously, it was contingent on um, it was contingent on two things: the Gasol. Well, I know it was contingent. Oh, it was contingent on Mike Conley getting moved. My bad. Sorry about that. I was confusing players. Uh, it was contingent on the, a Conley deal happening, which never did. He was supposed to go to Toronto, if you guys remember. Um, but that didn't that fell through, so they ended up shipping him to the Clippers or something. Yeah, no, Jermichael Green and Garrett both went to the Clippers. Yeah. I th- did you mean Connolly was supposed to go to Utah last year and not Toronto? Because Gasol went to Toronto. Yeah, I, I, I'm mixing my people up. But it was a move that was contingent on Connolly making a move. They were, right. Memphis was supposed to make two moves, the first involving Connolly and the second involving the package of Temple and Green. Right. So, yeah. um. Fun side note that has nothing to do with basketball, but Garrett Temple's middle name, according to basketballreference.com, is Bartholomew, and I think that's kind of funny. Bartholomew? Yeah. This is what you come to Brody and the Beard for, folks. Content Kings. This is the insight, small details we find. Where else would you find that information? Where else? Right. On on Brody and the Beard. Kelly, I think that's this is a good place to stop with the uh, middle name of Bartholomew for one Garrett Temple. You got anything else to add? Hit up StockX for your sneaker needs. That's I'm about to do right now. There you Get go. StockX, game time if you need tickets to concerts, sporting events, shows. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure Kelly's on his way to check out Wicked after he buys some new Pumas. Uh, you know, what is Wicked, though? What what, what the heck? Is, I'm, uh, that's, that's your homework assignment. That's your homework assignment, Kelly. You're gonna go I've look up what Wicked is. Years and I never knew what the hell it was. It, you're, <laughs> that's your homework assignment. You're gonna go look up Wicked, and you're gonna report back on the next podcast of what you learned. What Wicked is, uh, right. folks. That's it for Brody and the Beard. Be sure to rate us, reviews, five stars, nice reviews, all that lovey dovey stuff. Really helps the podcast out a ton. So for Kelly Eco, for our producer Sasha Shaw. For me, Mo DeKeel, we out.